I'm Christina. Madra said it. I run the international group here at Memphis. I actually graduated from Memphis, so it's fun to work here. Yeah. Go Tigers. Yeah. Um, but honestly, I don't really like preaching, to be honest. Everybody's like, how can you be a pastor and not like preaching? It happens. I mean, it's, I like doing small groups and other stuff. But tonight, I'm going to share just with you about my life and my story. Some of y'all have been here almost two years now, and some of y'all don't even know my testimony or what I've been through. Or You know me, but you don't know me. So, like, I'm going to share my story with y'all tonight. Um, if this will go. Oh, there they are. This is my family. This is my mom and dad in the middle, and then me, obviously. And beside me is my little sister, Allie. She um, graduated from Lee University, and she works, actually, she, we all live here in Memphis. She works at a marketing company downtown, and then my oldest sister, Elena, works downtown as well, and that's her son, Jeremiah. That's my little one. If you ever hear me telling stories, that is him. He is two and a half, and will talk your ear off, and all energy, and I love him with everything that's in me. But um, I grew up in Memphis, born, raised. Uh, we moved to South Carolina for a few years, and then we came back. And um, I was born and raised in church. If you saw, if you're at church, I was there Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. If there's a special event going on, I was at church. My mom and dad had me at church, and I loved it. I mean, growing up, because I always had my friends there. Like my best friends were there. Everything. Um, when we moved back, it was third, third grade, fourth grade. I went to public school, and I just it got like I didn't like it. It wasn't for me. I felt like, you know, I was getting bullied a lot, this or that. And I was like, Mom, I just don't want to do this. I don't like this. Can you get me out of it? Like, I was like, and she's like, Christina, we don't have the money. If we had the money, I'd take you out, you know? And so I just started praying. I was like, God, I, I can't do this. Like, it was hard. And um, we, uh, we have a private school, First Assembly Christian School. Our church has a, a school. So I was just praying. And during a one, my mom actually got a job there. And during that one-month period of her getting a job, they said, hey, the first kid you'll pay for, the rest will go free. So, like, that was an answer to prayer because guess what? Now I could go to private school and be, you know, like, I was like, okay, this is cool. It's going to be better. It wasn't. It got, it, it didn't get better for me. I was fifth grade starting out there. And I think because my mom worked there that it was kind of harder sometimes because some people don't know, but at a private school, you can't do certain stuff, like, Obviously, you can't do it anyways underage, but if you're drinking or doing this or that and the people find out there, you're going to get even more trouble because the school can do stuff about it. But I remember being, like, in fifth grade, sixth grade, and, like, not getting invited to some parties. Like, the whole class would get invited, and I wouldn't be invited. Or just different stuff happening throughout, life during that time, and it was hard. And all my best friends were a year above me. So, like, when we hit junior high, like, okay, cool, they're all a year above me. But I had my cousin, that's Josh over there. So Josh, and then Olivia is my other cousin beside him. My aunt and uncle, my grandparents, that's who I live with right now, and my family. But we all went to the same school. So Josh is a year younger, and all the girls love Josh. He plays guitar, he sings. I mean, he was that guy that everybody wanted to date. So naturally, all these girls became my friend because they wanted to date him. But if he broke up with them, they don't want to talk to me anymore. They thought it was my fault. They were mad at me. They don't want anything to do with me. And it was over and over and over. It got so bad, literally, my uncle had to sit down with him and be like, look, it sucks right now, but just stop talking, dating girls right now. 
Because so many, like, and like it wasn't his fault. I felt bad, but like it wasn't his fault. And I was going to church. I was in youth group. I was doing everything, you know, I think a Christian should do. Reading my Bible, doing everything, following God's word. And I was like, why is this all happening to me? I remember going to lunch and like there's a table for eight people. And I was there first and everybody else comes around and there's nine people. And they're like, hey, you have to tell somebody to leave the table. They voted me off the lunch table, like legitimately. And I remember going to my mom's office and just bawling and crying. I'm like, why, does this do, why is this going on? I was like, mom, I'm trying to do everything I can right. And I still feel like, I was like, is it really worth it? I remember sitting in youth group, sitting in church, doing this, and like all my friends going out with guys, doing stuff with guys, all, you know, drinking or this or that. And I'm trying to live my life, and their life looks perfect. And in my life, I'm like, God, I'm trying to do everything I can. I feel like my life's falling apart. But I played it really well, you know. You could play church. You could play stuff really well. You can go and smile in school and be good, right? You don't let anybody know what's going on. You put on that front where you're like, yep, I'm good today. I'm not going to let you know what's going on in my life today. I'm not going to tell you what's going on because, you know what, I don't need you to know. I don't need you to ask me. And I don't care. Like, I didn't want them to know. You know, I had it. My mom was at my school, so I'd go with her, you know, be with her a lot, get friends with the teachers and stuff, but it was hard. In high school, like, legitimately, my mom looked at me one day. It's like, I will take you out of school and homeschool you. And I looked at her and said, Mom, I know God has a plan for me. I don't understand it right now. I don't get it right now, but he has something here for me. But if she took me out of school, guess what? That means my sisters are going to have to get taken out of school because we wouldn't have the money. So I didn't do that. And I remember being about probably fresh, I want to say it was freshman year. I was like, God, I'm done. I was like, if this is all it is, I really don't want it. I was at church, still had to go. My mom makes me get up on Sunday mornings, you know. I hear my mom singing. At, my mom sings at church. My sister sings at church, you know. Um, and I was just like, I could play it really well. I'll sing at church, raise my hands. Everybody thought I was good. Nobody ever asked me, you know, because I could play it. Nobody ever said, oh, are you okay? They are just living their lives, not caring or thinking about the people beside them. And I remember saying, you know what, God? I'm kind of done with this. And... We were about to leave for a mission trip, and I was like, if you don't do something on this, forget about it. Because I'm not going to be here and be sitting here doing everything you tell me to do, and my life sucks, and everybody else's life, they're doing good, you know? Like, that was my viewpoint. That's how I saw it as a teenager. That's how I saw it. Like, sometimes we don't see other people's life. We don't know what's going on in their life. Because just like us, we act like it's going good, right? But we don't know what's really going on. And I remember um, we went to El Salvador that year. And they have a prayer tower there, and it's open 24 hours. And they've been doing it over 20 years now. And I remember God just kind of hit me there and, like, called me into missions and was like, hey, and he got a hold of me. And I was like, okay, God, if th- he gave me a verse and everything. I was like, if this is what you want me to do, I'll do it, and I'll follow you. I was like, but I need you to be there for me. And he's never left me since that point. But I remember that moment and marked in my mind me sitting up there in that prayer tower and somebody praying over me, and I just felt God just wrap his arms around me. It's like this, like, I can't explain it any other way. Does that mean it got better for me? No, not all the time, no. But I started getting better. I started, you know, doing this stuff and, like, really seeking after God and really going after God. All the way up through senior year, and I became chaplain of my um, the Christian, uh, the senior class, all that, like, that's what I would do. Even if my friends are out here doing this, 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 I mean, all my friends are seniors, right? I'm a junior. We have 
parties for prom and stuff, they all go to my best friend's house and they don't invite me because I'm a junior. So even with my best friends, this stuff would happen. And I never understood it. I never got it. I, I didn't. And I do now. We'll get there, but you know. And I remember f freshman year, college. I went to believe, I started here, my friend, so it was a year older, she's been in college a year, and one of my friends starts telling me, hey, your friend's doing this stuff, this stuff. I was like, okay, you know. My best friend, like we have grown up together day one. She was in my hospital room when I was born. Like, you see me, you see her. That's how it was with us. Grew up in church together, sang together, everything. And I talked to her about it. I was like, hey, what's going on? She denied it all. And I was like, oh, you know, I wasn't going to. And then one night we went out, and like you do with any friends, you're going to trust them, right? You're going to be like, okay, cool. She takes me to a bar. First of all, I'm a youth leader. I'm looking into going into missions, and you're going to take, you know this about me. You, don't, you know I don't like that place. I'm not saying that it's wrong, right? But I'm saying, like, that's where she takes me. And everybody's like, hey, you want a drink? You want this? She's like, I don't do that. And in my mind, I'm like, I know you do. It's like, just do it. Like, it doesn't bother me. Then they brought out the drugs, and I was like, I'm out. And it strained our relationship for a while. Not because I was being judgmental, not because cause I was like, I'll hang out with you, I'll do everything, but just don't take me to that place where I don't want to go, you know? And I remember before I left for the summer, I was going to go live in Belize, so I just looked at her for some reason and said, don't get pregnant while I'm gone. And she started laughing at me or joking around. I get back from Belize, we, she asked me to come over, hang out, she tells me she's pregnant. We're 20 years old, right? What are you supposed to do? My best friend, that's at church with me, everybody's looking at me now because she's pregnant. And I'm like, <laughs> like, it was my fault. But because I'm connected with her, they think, you know, that I may be doing this or stuff like that. But I didn't care. I wasn't going to leave her in that time. That was like, that's still my best friend. And um, I was just there for her the whole time. And God really worked himself out. During that summer in Belize, I met a guy. And we started talking. We dated for on and off for like four years. One of the most dysfunctional, horrible relationships. But I never, I, people would tell me all the time, why are you with him? Why, you know? He, we'd break up, get back together. Break up, get back together. He'd get with another girl, and he had a baby with her. And then we got back together. And then we, it was just this ongoing thing of dysfunctionality, but I don't want to listen to anybody because I was in love, you know. I didn't want to care. I thought it was good, you know. I loved his family. His family loved me. Like, And I remember sitting there before, it was after, right after college, we're talking again and stuff like that. And I'm about to leave for the mission field. He wants to come for my birthday, and my mom's like, he cannot come. I was so mad at her. On my birthday, right? He's supposed to come. He's going to surprise me. She's like, he cannot come. And I was like, so mad. And then we talked to him later. He's like, yeah, I was going to propose to you. And I was like, what? You know? And I remember sitting there, listening to a sermon, and I just broke down. And I was like, that's not how. I was like, I can't be with him. I care about him. I love this guy. But I was like, I know that I'm not supposed to live on that island. He lives on an island. Live on that island for the rest of my life. I can't take him away from his kid. We'll come to find out later he was, there was just a lot of stuff in there that was wrong. But like God protected me, I'm telling you, from so many things that could have gone on. After that, um, after college, I went to mission field, been on the mission field, you know. And God has totally shown himself faithful in every sense and sort of the word. Like every time. And we'll see that as we go through with my stuff. First thing is, trust God and not your emotions. So for me, when you get saved, guys, your emotions don't get saved with you. 
That doesn't mean your anger is going to go away. That doesn't mean that loneliness is going to go away. That doesn't mean that pettiness is going to go away. That doesn't mean, like, you know, you trying to pull one over on people is going to go away. You saying, hey, I'm going to do this, and you don't do it. Or, like, hey, I've got this, like, you know you have an obligation with something, and then you're like, oh, Christina, I signed up for this thing, and you really signed up for it later. I'm like, really? You don't, your emotions aren't going to go away. Just because I was saved doesn't mean that loneliness was going to go away. Just because I was saved doesn't mean that I wasn't going to go through stuff, that I wasn't going to get angry sometime or sad sometimes or have hurt in my life. I mean, it doesn't go away because of that. People think if you get saved, oh, your life's going to be good, it's all going down, and they're deceived by that. But there's, we are human, right? We have that emotion. We have that stuff go on. For me, because, I'm going to pick up the wrong, because of that, that's what, oh, there First of all, how was I supposed to trust a God I didn't fully know? I didn't fully know him, right? We say we're Christian, we're at church, this, that. But I didn't know him. I knew what my mom knew of him. I knew what my mom wanted me to know of him. I knew what my dad knew of him, right? But how was I supposed to trust him if I didn't even feel like he was there? Some people are like, well, my dad knows never there for me. How am I supposed to trust this person? Right? We, we get to that point where I don't trust him. I was at a point where I, I still, it's very hard for me to trust people. But I had to learn that people, that I had to trust God. I limited myself by what other people said and not what God said. Why? Because I didn't know, I didn't know him. I didn't know his word. Like, I was at church, right? I can hear the stories. Does that mean I'm listening? Right? Sometimes it did. But if you don't know a person, can you trust them? No, and if you don't know a person, you're not going to know what they think about you. You're going to assume. But I didn't know. And so I developed many broken defense mechanisms so I wouldn't get hurt again. Everybody's like, oh, what do you mean? For me, being defensive. If somebody came to me and they're like, why weren't you there? I'm like, what do you mean, why wasn't I there? What do you... First thing. Some of us do that. We get on the defense about everything. If somebody's just trying to help us, we get defensive and don't want to talk to people. We get defensive and try to explain ourselves. We get defensive because of this, because of that. Maybe it's drinking. Maybe it's going from guy to guy or girl to girl. Maybe it's something that you're trying to fill that void with. You fill it with a broken defense mechanism that's not going to fill it. You're like, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to go do this, and I'm going to drown myself out with social media. I'm going to drown myself out with music. I'm going to drown myself out with this so I don't have to deal with this crap that's going on in my life. I don't have to talk about it with people, and I'm good. I'm not going to let them in. That was me. Like, I was, here's this wall. I'm not letting you in. I don't need your help. You've never helped me before. Nobody's ever helped me before. Why would they help me now? Right? I grew up with a single mom. I grew up with a single dad. These people were in my life. I'm not going to let other people come in my life and be there for me. I don't trust you. Nobody tr- Why am I going to trust you when I, nobody trusts, you know, when I never got that? And we do that to ourselves. We build up these broken defense mechanisms. They're broken. They're not going to help you. You will keep using them and using them, and you know what? They're going to keep you in the same exact place over and over and over again. The only person that can fix that is God. But you have to know him. And once you start to know him, it's a God you can trust. Sometimes at the moment you need to be heard the most, it's as if your best friend is deaf. Have you ever been there? Like sometimes like I would be sitting there and like inside I'd be screaming and it'd feel like nobody cared. Have you heard that statement like you're alone but you're not alone? 
Like you can be in a room of 100 people and still feel alone. Like that was me a lot of the time. I remember walking the hallways and be like, I feel so alone until I, like God just started coming in and filling that void. There was nobody else that could fill it. There's a myth that says people will fill loneliness. If I get in a relationship, it will fill this loneliness. If I just had that dad there, it will fill this loneliness. If I just had that mom there for me, if these people, my family, if my friends were just there for me, it will fill this loneliness. Like, that's what I was going through. Because, like, I had God, right? But I would try to fill it so much with having that friend or this person in my life or this person in my life that I wouldn't let go of instead of just giving it to God and be like, okay, God, I'm going to trust you with this. And I'm going to start letting these mechanisms down where I'm going to say, you know what, it is okay if somebody wants to help me once in a while. Is it okay to be vulnerable sometimes? Yeah, I may get hurt in the process, but it's okay. Um, And guys, that doesn't mean God causes it to happen. But during that time, he does want to be your best friend. I learned that. Like during that time, the person I started seeking the most after I had that encounter was God. It wasn't anybody else. That's who I started seeking. Let's see. The next slide is... I had to tell my will to talk to my... Oh, no, I had to tell my will to talk to my emotions. I was like, what does that mean? Well, your emotion is your mind. Your soul is your emotion, your mind, your different stuff like that. And in this Psalms, it talks about David. David, if you look at the Bible, he's a great man, right? He did a lot of stuff that was wrong and this and that. But in this verse, it says, he's like, I feel down and depressed. Like, it's a lot of us sometimes, right? I feel lonely, down, depressed. But then he goes, you know what? God will be there for me. He says, his emo- he said, I will hope now in God. So instead of listening to himself speak and saying, you know what? I'm going to follow my emotions where nobody cares. Nobody's there for me, this or that. He's like, uh-uh. I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm going to let God be that hope for me. I'm going to say God will change this situation for me because God's promised that in my life. Um, let the truth of God's word be bigger than your, what your emotions are right then. Hear that? What the, let the truth of God's word be bigger than your emotions are. When you're in that bed and you're like, I don't feel like getting up right now because I don't feel like anybody cares, you say, you know what? God does care. He told me he did. He said I'm his workmanship. I said I'm this. But you know what? You've got to get to know God like we said in the first one, right? If you don't know him, you're not going to know this stuff about you. You aren't going to be able to proclaim these promises over your life if you don't know him. You can't do that. Um, Romans 8, 28 yeah, says he works all things together for the good that loves him. I think we forget that a lot. We forget, like, you know what? I remember sitting there like, God, you said you work all things together for good. And I had to remember that. But I also had to, um, I do build your relationship on the word and not your emotions. I remember sitting over there freshman year, no, sophomore year, and my professor was an atheist, but he knew the Bible better than me. First of all, that freaked me out a little bit. I already knew I was calling the missions, right? But that freaked me out a little bit. But I said in that class, and I was like, why do I believe what I believe? Why do you believe what you believe? Because your parents made you go to church? You know, why are you atheist, Catholic, Hindi, Christian, um, Muslim, this, that? Why are you that? It's because what your whole family did your whole life, and that's what you're supposed to do? What is it for you? And I sat there, and I was like, what is it for me? Why do I believe this? Was it for my family? Was it for this? Was it for that? And I started getting into God's word. And before that, God had already shown me stuff. He's done stuff in my life. Like, 
Seeing people have miracles, like seeing miracles done in front of your face really gives you faith in God, right? Like literally seeing somebody have a huge abscess tooth and it go down like that. Seeing somebody's hand grow back and you know it's only the power of God. Seeing um, deaf people be able to hear again. There's certain stuff in my life that I cannot explain. Because only God could have done it. But I had to build, build your relationship on your words and not your emotions. Let's look at... Oh, it's over here. Let's look at these verses. In Ephesians, it says, I'm alive in Christ. In 1 John, it says, Greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. Um, Jeremiah, Ephesians says, I am God's workmanship. Every time somebody tells you, you know what? You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not pretty enough. That is not God speaking. That is not what God said. But if you don't know his word, you're going to start believing these lies. You're going to believe, you know what? I'm not good enough singer. I'm not a good enough student. I'm not smart enough. I can't achieve this. I can't do this. Because you're going to listen to what the world says because you don't know who God is. Yeah, you could go to church and all that, but do you know him? Are you reading his word? Once you start reading his word, guess what? You get these verses that say, he's a father to the fatherless. And Jeremiah says, I plan to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. There's so many promises in the Bible that you can proclaim, that you could say, you know what? No, uh not today, Satan. My God said that I'm his workmanship. My God said I am good enough. My God said that I'm beautifully and wonderfully made. But I had to get to know him. I had to start reading his word. And if you don't know his word, guys, you're not going to know him. If you don't read his word, you're not going to know it. And you're going to start believing the lies of the enemy because what other people tell you, either it's your teacher, it could be family, it could be friends, it could be anybody telling you stuff, you're going to listen to it because you don't know what God really says about you. Say, oh, you're not good enough to lead this group. You're not smart enough to lead this group. That's not what God said about me. Like, I have learning disabilities, right? So people would think, oh, Christina's not... I graduated with honors from college. I graduated with... 13th in my class from other thing. You know, people said, you're not smart enough. You're not going to make it. You're not going to... I was like, I'll show you. I said, well, I'm going to work my butt off and I'm going to do it. God said I can do it. You know, there's all these times in my life I look at it and I'm like, God, you said you'd be faithful. You said you would do this to me. You said you would be there for me. When there's times when you're struggling, you're like, I'm not going to make it. God's been there. Every single time he's been there. And I had to let God start healing me. When I got tired and felt like... The Christianity stuff was not doing anything. I had to keep swinging and keep going and know it was going to be worth it. I said, it's going to be worth it. I know, God, you said it's going to be worth it. You said that when I'm down, you're going to pick me up. You said that I'll rise up on wings like you. You said you would do this through me. One of my favorite verses is in Micah. Micah 7, 8. It's King, um, it's King David. If you know who King David is, there's a man after God's own heart. That's what it says. But this guy was also an adulteress, and a murderer, and all this other stuff. But God said, you're a man. Like, you think about it, right? Somebody that, like, goes and sleeps with somebody else's wife, and then he's like, okay, I'm going to kill this man, right? Because I slept with his wife, and now she's pregnant, so I'm going to kill him. But then God's like, I still love you and care about you, so you're a man after my own heart. And then if you look at the church, it says, do not gloat over me, my enemies. Though I've fallen, I will rise. And this is one of my answers. Like, every time I fall, I will rise. Every time I get down and get crushed and persecutor or this or that, I will get up. I will keep going. I'm not going to let that hold me down. Because God said I'm more than a conqueror through Christ. When I look at my, everybody's like, oh, your family's perfect, this, that. I'm like, there's people close to me who are alcoholics. And I'm looking at people getting brought up without their dad, without this, without that. But we're all standing up saying, you know what? We're not going to let this define who we are. 
Because Christ is the one. Jesus is the one who said, you know what? You are more than a conqueror in Christ. You are fearfully and wonderfully. I will walk to you. He said, I will be there through you through the valleys, the mountain. I will walk through you through fire. Like, who else does that? What other God do you know? What other religion do you know that a man came to earth, lived a sinless life, died and rose again, but he died for you and all of your sins? He didn't have to. But he did. And I had to learn that this man who did this wasn't just fictional. There's, so, like, if, if you know history or something, like, the Bible's one of the most known, like, first of all, it's number one sold book of the world, but it also has the most eyewitnesses and the most factual stuff. You can go look back in history and all this and know this. And, like, that man that did all that stuff and killed all these people and did all that loved me and cared about me enough to put me where I am now. And everybody's like, well, Christina, why are you like that? So I was like, everything, guys, I have been through, God has used. Don't ever think, God, remember we said that verse, God works everything out together for your good. Everything that you have been through in your life, God will use if you let him. For me, I have got to work with so many students now who said, Christina, I feel so alone. I don't understand this. Why is it this way? Why? And I get to there and I'm like, it's going to be okay. I've walked through that time. I've walked through it where I felt alone. I felt like nobody's there. And the only one that was there for me was God. And he stuck with me. And he was closer than a brother. And he was the father of the fatherless. Maybe you've grown up without a dad. Maybe you've grown up without a mom. But you know what? He's going to use you to speak to certain people in your life that have gone through that certain situation. But don't let other stuff block it. Don't let that broken defense mechanisms block it where you're like, you know what? I'm not good enough to talk to other people. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough to lead this group, lead this area, lead this thing. I'm not smart. I'm not good enough to sing or play piano or do that. God has given each and every one of you talents and abilities. But don't let the stuff you've gone through become bitter. Don't become bitter because of it. But learn from it and then use it in your life to glorify God. Use it in your life so you can reach the people God has put in your life. Every single one of you, somebody has put in your life for a reason. I didn't, honestly, didn't want to come back to Memphis and be here. Like, God told me to come back. And, maybe, and like, I'm thankful now because I've got to talk and meet so many people. But that doesn't mean I'm perfect. Yeah, I'm going to mess up. But, like, God has been so faithful through each and everything in my life. And so the things that I want to leave you with is like, um, trust God and not your emotions. When you get down, when you're lonely, when you're sad, when all that stuff's crap's going on, you've got to trust God, and then you've got to know his word. So when you know his word, guess what? You're able to speak to the devil and say, not today. Not today am I going to sit here in this bed. Not today am I going to say, you know what? Oh, woe is me. I have to do all of this work. Uh, this happened to me. This happened to me. You're going to be like, No. God, you said you would work all things together for my good. God, you said you would be with me always. God, you said you have a plan for me to prosper, to make it. Just because of your situation right now doesn't mean you're going to stay in that situation. God will bring you out and bring you through it, but use it for his glory. And that's what I want y'all, like, know God, know his word, build your relationship on his word and not your emotions. And then the last one is, when you fall down, get back up. If you know the story of David, go read it. And like we were talking about the other day, like his life, his family sucked, guys. His own son tried to kill him, right? His best friend tried to kill, his best friend's dad tried to kill him. Like all of this stuff, yet he loved God and God did so much through him. And he, he loved God. Was, like God's like, this is a man after my own heart. 
Even though he had stuff after stuff happen, but God used it for his glory. So that's what I want to leave you with. Like, Stop living with broken defense mechanisms. It's not going to get you everywhere. But to do that, you've got to trust God. But you've got to get to know him. And then when you fall, get back up and know that God's going to use every situation that y'all go through, guys, no matter what it is, to reach somebody else. You've got to be willing to do the work. You've got to put in the work, put in the time sometimes. Sometimes you're like, I don't feel like getting up today. You know how many days I felt like that? You know how many days I felt like I'm just not feeling good at this job? Like, I suck. <laughs> There's so many days where I'm like, did I actually do have an impact on that person? I'll sit and have a one-on-one. I'll be like, I'll leave it and feel so defeated. Or like you have certain events and you're like, that was horrible. But you know what? Uh, you can ask Matt, you can, every time after God, somebody has come up to us and said, that event was so cool. And we're like, really? Because we thought it was horrible. Like, we're like, ugh. Like, every time. And like, God has shown himself faithful time and time again. And like, if you're down right now or discouraged right now, know that God is there. Know that he can be that person for you. That he can wrap his arms around you. Don't let your circumstances like, hold you back. He wants to use you on this campus. He wants to use you at your house. He wants to use you at your jobs. If you're like, see, you don't understand. I have too much going on. I have to do this, this, this. I have this many jobs. You know what? Be that person at your job. Do your job the best of your ability, but show them Christ's love through it. I remember being at work, working at TCBY, and being like, I do not want to be here today. I have to close the night at 11 o'clock. This sucks. I hate scooping ice cream. Like, it was horrible. But I got to meet people, and God used me. Now, was I always happy about it? No. Do I always want to do it? No. But you know what? I learned through it. And I was like, you know what? If I be positive and let God use me through it, he does. But that is what I want to leave with tonight. If y'all have any questions, more than welcome. Come ask me. Come talk to me about it. Um, but I love y'all. I'm thankful being here. Thankful. I love my job with everything I have in me. Like, it's the best job in the world. And like, if y'all need to talk to me, Matt and Jackie, we're always here. And um, let us help y'all. Like, if y'all need something, let us know, please. We love y'all. And, um, yeah, let's pray, and we're going to wrap up tonight. So, yeah. Dear Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for just um, letting me share a little bit of my testimony and letting me... Um, God, just getting me through everything. God, even when it was the worst of the worst or this or that, you have never left me. You've never forsaken me. You've been the one that's always been there by my side. Even when I felt like you weren't, God, you were. God, forgive me for being the one who said, you know what, when this stuff happened, it was you because it was never you that made that stuff happen. Other circumstances made that happen, but God, you were the one that turned it out for good. Every little thing you turned out for good. And I thank you for being that person. I thank you for leading me back to Memphis and having such incredible friends here. I thank you for this Alpha group. I thank you for, um, God, just being who you are and loving me, God, through my sin, loving me through my crap, loving me through everything that I've been through. I pray that you just um, use the rest of the night. Let us have a great time in fellowship. In Jesus' name, amen.